For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. All right. Okay, everybody. Dirt Talk. Welcome to Dirt Talk Monday edition. Monday edition. Camera's going to get adjusted. Okay, we are here. So, uh, I guess, reminder, speaking of the camera, these are on YouTube now. They are. They're on YouTube. We've maybe got five or six episodes up at this point. Okay, good. Um, Well, no, no, I take that back. We've probably got more than that. We've got maybe five or six guest episodes. The Thursday episodes are up. And then we've also started adding the Monday episodes as well, which is cool. So, this year, Dirt Talk is going to be on YouTube Mm -hmm. under my channel, Aaron Witt. the Aaron Witt channel. Okay. Um, there's a playlist uh, of Dirt Talk episodes. Going to get bigger and bigger. Super. So just keep that in mind. I don't know. I have, I have, I like podcasts because I can listen to them anywhere, but some people like watching on YouTube. So there you go. It's there. Well, you know, like we were talking about, uh, you were talking about software on the internal podcast. Um, there, there is this idea of, it doesn't matter how we want to design a thing to be if people want to use it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I think like we creating content is the same way. Yeah. Like even if this started as a podcast, it's like, yeah, well, some people would like, would enjoy watching it more or would connect with it more if they could see our faces or whatever that is, whatever version of that is. And so like, why wouldn't we do that? Like we, we've like been building like a community here, which is pretty neat to be a part of. And we've got stuff in the works to like connect that community even better. Um, that, like we should in, invest and like spend time on how do we like serve like those people who want to listen and want to be a part of what we're doing. Sure. Yeah. And uh, you can get on there and you can comment. We got some very, Ooh girl, very friendly comments. We did get uh, a couple of fun comments. Yeah. We were talking about well, people, people loved my, this one guy, he loved my radio, radio rant <laughs> telling me, telling me I'm a total asshole. But funny enough, I got a lot of messages from a lot of other operators saying, yeah, they're, I, I completely agree with you. Completely agree. Like, I just got a text message before this. Like, that was hilarious because <laughs> I completely agree. I'm like, okay, good. I'm not the only one. And I get it. I am a hobbyist operator. I don't do it every day. Yeah, like, there, there is nothing on this podcast. And we'd say this almost every episode. <laughs> nobody here is saying, this is the way oh it is. You should listen to me because of this. Hey, these guys get so wound up, though. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. Well, the other thing is the the uh, the content that we put out in the world, either be it video or podcasting or social media, any of that, 
Um, it's like a, it's from people's per- perspective, like in their opinions. Yeah. This is all my opinion. And odds are it's probably all completely wrong, but this is what I think. Who cares? Like we're, okay. we're trying to do something right here. We're, we're trying to make the dirt world a better place. And um, I would say that at least we're making uh, small marches towards that mm-hmm. with what we do here. I don't think we're doing, I don't think we are, have figured out, I should say. We certainly don't. I don't think we'll ever feel like, oh yeah, we're crushing it. And the minute we feel that way is when we fail. Yeah. Yeah. You're screwed. You're screwed the moment you think you know what the hell's going on. Yeah. But like, we're also know that like we, I feel like personally we're having valuable conversations. I feel like I'm learning a lot from both just like when you and I chat here and when we have conversations with guests. I'm like, why wouldn't we do that? Well, other people are going to learn stuff from that too. I'll listen to a lot of these episodes as well. And I am in a constant state of revising my worldview and taking ideas. Pretty healthy. And throwing them out and bringing them in and trying them out and, 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 and you know, zigging and zagging, as we talked about in the last podcast, and just seeing what works. So sometimes I'll listen to a podcast like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. Other times I'll listen to a podcast that I recorded three days before that. And I think, wow, that was a really stupid thing to say. And I completely disagree with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. That happens a lot. Yeah. That happens many times a week at this point because I'm learning at such a fast rate right now. And I'm exposed to so much information. And I'm still just this young kid trying to find my way in the world that there's a lot of ideas that come out my mouth that are completely stupid just a few days later that I completely, like some guy saying, you know, there were a lot of YouTube comments on some of the recent videos that, hey, you, you should do this and that, or, or, and they weren't all that friendly, but I actually agreed with them. Like they have some very good points. I am being a total idiot and just an asshat and I agree with them and I need to do a better job. So... It's just, uh, it's such an interesting phenomenon mm-hmm. to be learning in a public forum. I can't learn sure. behind the scenes and polish my ideas. And then here's my TED talk that I've thought about and rewritten for four months now. Well, yeah, you're basically nope. having to do this in public. Here are my opinions today. Odds are they're completely wrong, but this is what I got today. So here's what we're going to roll with. One of my favorite examples of this is, um, you know, for, for the listeners who don't know, uh, Aaron and I also do an internal podcast for our BuildWit team. And um, we, you know, we've always been figuring out like the processes, processes for how we run the business, all these things. And Aaron did a podcast about um, how we should be tracking our time. The next week, we yeah. did another podcast that was titled, Nevermind, Don't Do That. <laughs> And True story. to me, like, that's like both really funny and makes me giggle, but also, and there are like a lot of value in like trying something out and be like, that does not serve us. Do not do that. Never mind. Yeah. Let's try something else. And that's what I try to do as a leader is, Hey, sorry guys. You know, that idea that I came up with last week, really stupid. And this is why, and this is why we're going to do it in the complete opposite way. And it gets you more credibility when you admit you're an idiot and you don't know what you're doing. Than I mean, people, don't get me wrong, sometimes are frustrated. Like, hey, you just told me this and now you're telling me this. Why? You have to, there has to be a why there. Mm-hmm. There has to be a clear why. Like I told the whole company I would never do something. And then months later at the company meeting, I told everybody we're doing it. Yeah. 
but I clearly explained the why, clearly explained why in, in what I thought were their terms, not mine. Like I thought about it from, from your perspective before I'm, I'm secondary. I'm, I'm third, I'm fourth. It's, 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 I'm trying to figure out what's best for our people, what's best for our mission, what's best for the dirt world. And then if I do those things, I'll end up okay. Things work out for you. But I, I tried to do my best to explain it, be vulnerable, say I was wrong. This is the direction we need to go in. And this is why. And I got a lot of very positive feedback from the team. And even, I mean, even there was a comment the other day saying, hey, I was actually quite hurt at first yeah, because he said he would never do this. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've come to understand that, whoa, this actually, I think is the right way to go. And that is the most valuable is someone sitting there and saying, screw this guy. No, he said he's never going to do this. Now he's going to do this. What the hell? And then sitting there and chewing on it and thinking about it and then coming to their own realization of, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. This actually, this actually is, is what's best. But from, from my perspective, it's, it's a scary place to be initially because it could have gone completely terribly and everybody could have said, no, screw you. And I could have, uh, completely obliterated the morale as a business going into what's the most important growth period in our short history so far. But it, you know, it's a risk I have to take and it pans out. Would you have anxiety making decisions like that? No, because I so, um, because I was so confident it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And so there wasn't, I wasn't, cons- and, and a few people cautioned me before, like, hey, be careful, be careful. I'm like, I'm not worried because. I wholeheartedly believe this is what is right. I am doing what's right here. I am doing what's right. And I'm creating a win-win-win for everybody involved here. And people pick up on that. Yeah. Even, and if I didn't believe that, if I did have anxiety, even if I explained all the rationale and it made perfect sense, people can still pick up on that. Yeah. People are smart. They're perceptive. So, no, I wasn't worried about it. I like that. <laughs> cool. I got anxiety about all kinds of things. So... I uh, I think I personally would be maybe not even anxious, but just like I feel good about this, but I can see how somebody might not feel good about it. I was definitely there. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I was definitely there. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, but in terms of here's why this is important. The that was pretty an unshakable uh, like feeling for you, which I like. That's cool. And there's only so much value in taking time to really worry about what other people are going to think. And it's, I can do that to, okay, so how could someone perceive this negatively? And then how can I take my storytelling and how I explain it to already preemptively address their potential negative concern? Sure. And what are the questions people are going to have about this when I end how I explain it? Okay. I need to address those questions in how I explain it to potentially just eliminate those questions. Yeah. But that's the only value there. It's not, I don't, I try not to worry about, oh shit, this is going to be perceived this way or this way, or then you just get all wound up. Well, there's like a healthy and an unhealthy version of that, right? It's like, um, if I care how you feel about a certain choice or whatever, um, but it's because I like care about you as an individual and I care about what you think about that. That's different than saying, I care what people think, I don't, but if I don't care about that person, and I still care about what they think, then that's like the unhealthy version of that, right? Yeah. Well, and sometimes truly caring for people means telling them what they necessarily, they don't, for sure. 
a lot of times they don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I, you know, in, in my position, everybody views the world from their perspective. My perspective, I get the broadest, I get, I get to look at the business from the broadest perspective. Yeah. Because if you're looking at it from like a fucking pyramid, which isn't really how we're structured, yeah, but I know what you mean. I'm, or, you know, a mountain, I'm up, I'm up top of the mountain looking up and out and where the hell we're going. Or I'm, you know, the general up in the helicopter, like, oh, okay, I can see the battlefield. Um, pardon my, my war analogy, but, uh, so I, I just see it from that unique perspective and it's like, Hey, this is where we need to go because I'm coming at it from this perspective and you may not perceive it that way, but this is how it is. This is how, this is the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. If, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. I, I, and I told everybody that too. It's, Hey, if you're, if you're not down to come on, come along, that's cool. That's cool. I'll help anybody here get any kind of job they want. I'll be the first one to be calling people up for them and placing them where they want to go because they're not on board with this. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're a shitty person. That doesn't mean they're unworthy. That just means that, all right, you guys are going here, but this is what I signed up for. A little bit different. I'd rather go over here instead. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's certainly a, a piece of, of that where you're going to be, be open or like cool with people who are going to react to it in the way that they're going to react to it. You know, like you, you do kind of have to insulate yourself versus that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you posted a picture of like this old book you found here. Yes. Did, where did you find it here in the office? Was it like here? It was just on a, a shelf. Like, oh, I think we bought it from a, I might've bought it from Powell's in Portland. Okay. If you've never been to Powell's in Portland, if you go to Portland. I have been, which is funny that you say that. One of the coolest stores in the United States. Mm -hmm. It is an absolute wonderland. And so they, I went to the infrastructure section. Sure. As you would. Of course. And I basically pulled every cool antique book they had there for the office. I love that. So we got some, we got some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. And when you now when you're going to do that, when you were you thinking, I can't wait to read these or like these are gonna look sick. Oh, Alex, actually I have it right here. What do you know? Foreman, leaders or drivers. Uh yeah, but I, I I wanted to talk about this book a little bit because oh no, I just took I'll find it. But I just um so I I, I was just digging through the books we had and Foreman, leaders or drivers? I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. This small little book. And so this is, it's from 1939. And it's a guy, Sherman Rogers, who was from like blue collar logging camps and became a speaker on labor, blue collar America. This is 1939. I read this with no context whatsoever. And then I started to find out that this was, the, the whole thing was, unbelievably applicable to today's problem of people in the workplace mm -hmm. and they're not machines and they need to be led and inspired. And I was like, and he was like, this is the biggest threat to this, to this, to society. And this is the biggest threat to our industry. And if we can't support society, then what are we doing here? And I was like, what is going on? And I was looking at the, the, the whole thing he was talking about and addressing. The problem was that there was this whole national unionization push 
where it wasn't craft unions. It was just like one giant world union that this one party was pushing for. And it was going to do potentially a lot of damage. I don't know the whole history, so I'm not going to speak upon that. But it was funny because this, it all stands up today and all addresses a lot of the industry's biggest problems today. But this is 1939 mm-hmm. in the United States, with I, which, which I thought was quite fascinating. So there were a few. This was where he, he, he enlisted in the army um, and for World War I and went to one part of the uh, army training where they just got yelled at nonstop. And then they went to another part of army training where no one yelled at them and they were actually cared for. So the officers who led men, and this is the book is foremen, leaders or drivers. The officers who led men created discipline, inspired respect, and built up a winning spirit to the like uh, of which I have never seen equaled anywhere since. The officers who drove men created hatred and perpetual grouch, killed all spirit those young recruits possessed, and were utter failures in securing either discipline, loyalty, or efficiency. Now think that over. One group of officers pulled out of, of, of a man everything good he had in him. The other group submerged all that might have been developed. And foreman, let me tell you this, no form is going to get very far unless he can differentiate between discipline and abuse. And there is no man living who can build shop morale or, or in cooperative spirit if he cannot engender confidence and goodwill in the hearts and minds of those he oversees. Dang. Quite fascinating. Quite fascinating. I mean, the microphone had just been invented at that point, but he, uh, he definitely drops the mic there. Uh, big time. And then he talks about, he goes and he goes and works at these two steel mills to un- really understand what these guys go through. So he wasn't a permanent worker or anything like that. But he went to one, one steel mill and then went to, went to another steel mill. One was, was very successful. Everybody absolutely loved being there. Incredibly productive. The other steel mill, totally miserable. They were only a few, they were maybe like a hundred miles apart, a few hundred miles apart, doing the exact same thing. But there was a total difference, total difference across the board in these two steel mills. And uh, here we go. Let me find it real quick. Um, so it was oh, an Ohio steel plant and the Pennsylvania plant. The foreman in the Ohio steel plant realized that every man in the plant was an individual and that every man in the crew was as different from the other men as the difference in fingerprints between men. The foreman in the Ohio steel plant studied the mental makeup of each man they had under them. They knew a quick, sharp remark to one man and everything was okay. The same remark to another man and it was all wrong. As I say, they studied their men. They knew that you couldn't handle human relations with a blueprint. Their attitude was positive, but fair, strictly business, but friendly. And boys, it brought home the bacon. Gentlemen, there's a vast difference between mass production machinery and men who man that machinery. Just as much difference as there is between daylight and dark. It is the human equation that we face now and take it from me. Foreman who can, who can understand this fact, accept it, and act on it can reach any place in future industry. 
the we are in a position where it is possible to enter into one of the greatest periods of industrial development the world has ever seen and uh, uh, has has ever known. And men in authoritative capacity who have this vision, who have the human understanding and can really lead men will reach the top and nothing can prevent them from reaching that position. The man who can't adjust himself to the great human equation in the industry is never going much further than he is right now. And he will be mighty lucky if he holds that place he now occupies. It's pretty like strongly worded too. Wild. You can lead good men through the fires of hell, but you can't drive them across the sidewalk. So we speak upon this all the time, the importance of leadership, the importance of the human equation in the industry. Mm-hmm. I, I just found this absolutely fascinating because this is a book from 1939 saying the exact same thing where we're at is if you can figure out that humans are not machines, humans are not industrial equipment, humans are not materials. Mm-hmm. If you can figure out that they're human beings, And if you can appreciate that every human being is different than the next human being, and if you can learn how to empower and love and care and inspire the people underneath you, anything is possible as we go into this new era. And we are going into this new era. It wasn't the era they were going into, you know, just before World War II, which was sure one of, if not the greatest industrial area of, of, of era of the world. Mm -hmm. We're going into a new era in which the human equation is what is going to dictate success or failure, no matter where you're at within the dirt world as it stands right now. Yeah. And so if you can figure out that human equation, if you can figure out how to inspire human beings, the world is your oyster. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. There's never been more opportunity for those people in this space. But if you can't do that, if you continue to treat people like machines, if you're just a driver like he calls them, then as he says, you will be lucky to even maintain the position you're in today. Well, that's, uh, I would say that's pretty poignant 80 years later. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I was just reading this with my mouth wide open, like, whoa, yeah, whoa, this is exactly where the industry is at. The, The industry is at another one of these inflection points. It's remarkable. Did you ever think you would read that or did you think of it as like a prop? No, I just bought it just for fun. It would look but cool I was looking at it, I was like, yeah. whoa, I need to read this. That's sick. Because some of the other books are asphalt emulsion manual. Okay. Well, yeah, not, not as much of a reader. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. That's not something I'm going to kick back and relax uh, sure. and enjoy on a Sunday. Um, well, what's funny is uh, the first question I have for Dirt Talk um, is a pretty good uh, follow up what you've been talking about. Super. Um, And excuse my slow reading. I don't read on a microphone all that much. It was a a great book report. I think you you did a great job. Thank you. So uh, this is from Jared. Jared says, I own a small crushing business. We've struggled with employee turnover. We hire people with zero experience and train them up very quickly. This seems to be exciting for employees for the first six months, but soon after they tend to leave or not value their position in the company. Any advice for better employee retention in a small company? I would say that the the answer is not just like that because I'm there. Obviously, like have a commitment to the training part, 
but like there's obviously like a piece missing if they're if turnovers like a trend yeah but the it is it is that it's just asking the question how can you love and care for those individuals more than you are today Mm -hmm. people aren't going to move if they feel they're loved and cared for well and we you know we've we've talked a little bit before well just over the year i guess that like the training people is really just like part of that equation of caring for your people. Yeah. Training is not everything. And okay, cool. You, 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 you give me that education and then cool. I'm, I'm tapped out here. And have you talked to the guys leaving? Hey, why are you leaving? What could I have done better? And I know you're leaving. I'm not trying to talk you into not leaving. I think that's great. You got a great job. I'm like, I'm, I'm really excited for you. And if I can do anything for you in the future, let me know. But what could I have done better? What could I have given you to potentially have made you stay here? Have you asked them that? I mean, we just had someone, we, they were coming, they were offered a position, they were coming. And then they got a position that more closely aligned with their career path. And so I said, well, that's, that's great. And, and to the recruiting team, you know, fantastic. That's, that's what I hope for in people. If yeah. she found a better job that better aligns with, with her career path, fantastic. Super. Um, but can we at least ask her does she have any feedback for us? Can we have done anything differently? Yeah. Can we have done anything a little bit better? That's probably where I would start is, is your people leaving. Hey, what could I have done differently? How could I have made you feel more valued? And then two, sometimes maybe your business is just a stepping stone. Like I was reading the other day. It's kind of counterintuitive, but there's Geek Squad. They realized they were essentially a stepping stone for other more formal tech companies. Mm-hmm. They were kind of the entry level position. And people who wanted to expand their careers. You don't stay there. There wasn't always potential to go expand. That's just the nature of the business. But what they started doing was they created a outplacement portion of the business, of their recruiting business that placed Geek Squad people outside of Geek Squad. That's cool. If they wanted to leave Geek Squad, which is like, why the hell would I do that as a business owner? But what goes around comes around. So if you're putting good people out into the world, your business is going to be be better at the end of the day, mm-hmm. even if it's that entry level position. So maybe sometimes people don't. Maybe it's just entry level positions at the at the crushing outfit. Okay, you you know you started a crushing outfit. You're running a crushing outfit. What if they want to go run a crushing outfit? How do I help help them go run a crushing outfit? Your business is going to be better off at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's super counterintuitive and probably doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense at face value, but I'm telling you, that's how the world works. If you try to go make the best people possible and help them get to where they want to go, you will eventually get to where you want to go mm-hmm. without question. When I think about um, that conversation of, you know, if, if someone leaves and you're like, hey, can you give me like real feedback, you know, why are you leaving? Not like a, why are you leaving? But you know, like the, I want real constructive feedback here. Um, I feel like the smaller the company is, the more difficult that conversation is because there's certainly more um, like emotion, more like personal, whatever tied up in those, that question. Like if I ran a team of five people and two people left, yeah, that's just going to, be way heavier on me than oh. say if I ran a team of a hundred and five people left. You know, it's more just like 
okay, well, you know, they must have other things, you know, and, and sure that conversation might still be fruitful of, you know, what could we have done better here? But like when a, when a team's really small like that, I feel like that's probably a difficult conversation for both sides. Easier said than done. Yeah. Way easier said than done. But I'm telling you, that's, that's what I would do. And then maybe I'd get creative and okay, cool. Some guys, I train them up and reality is they want to go elsewhere and they want to expand their career. Well, maybe, all right, I'm rushing, running crushing outfit. Do I have good relationships with contractors in town? I can start placing guys that want to leave with contractors and then the contractors can help my business out, start buying rock from me or whatever it is. Or I start helping them out with no formal, hey, I help you out, you help me out. But I'm telling you, they're going to, their biggest problem is people, not crush rock. So if you help get them people, your primary business, your crush rock business is going to do better. It without question. Yeah. Without question. And maybe, maybe that does become part of your business is you take young people, young kids, turn them into productive individuals in the blue collar world and they don't stick around, but they go to work for all your customers. And now you have a whole lot of people cheering for you that are also buying from you. That's, That's pretty valuable. <laughs> sure. And from a higher purpose, from your business, okay, cool. We provide crush rock. That's that's a big deal. That's we're foundation, foundational materials, and we're in the foundation of our community, this and that. But what if we can also help grow and inspire the next generation within the blue car world? What if that's part of our business? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, your business is going to be wildly successful if you can solve your customer's biggest problem, which is people. I love that. That's a that's a, a cool like um I don't want to say secondary benefit, but it's like almost something you stumble into where it's just like, well, yeah. we're bringing in people who don't have any experience and, and training them up. But just the way that our business is set up, and I'm not attributing this necessarily to Jared's crushing or, business. Yeah, I'm I, saying I don't, I don't in general. Yeah, we're just kind of generalizing. But it's like if, if you're bringing in un- inexperienced people and training them up, but like just the way that your business is set up can't support... Um, the increased salaries that can come that come with increased experience and skill, but like like you're saying, you're still kind of affecting your industry in a really positive way outside of your primary purpose as a business. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like that's that's a really interesting thing to think about. The reality is, we live in a world in which people want to grow and develop themselves. Yeah, sitting in the same in in the same career that used to be the norm is it's still around for forty years, but it's not the norm anymore. And you have to create a business that accommodates that. Well, cool. Thanks for digging into that, Aaron. Check. Uh, Jared, thanks for sending that in. Um, I think that's probably pretty good. We, we had a book report. We answered a question. We talked about a bunch of stuff at the beginning. I think we're in a pretty good spot with this uh, Monday episode of Dirt Talk. We're in a good spot, huh? Yeah. I no, no complaining irrationally about any kind of Oh, we always get plenty of that. but Equipment that we don't know about enough we're just trying our best man you know trying to make the dirt world a better place trying to learn where we can those are all good things so i you know i get told i know nothing and i agree i know nothing (laughs) like you're right and you don't you don't even have a piece of equipment so i go get a piece of equipment try to at least start to learn about what it's like to have a piece of equipment and what the hell hydraulic fluid is and how to how much of a pain the ass it is to grease a machine starting to learn all that and then it's like well you just have a schizier for your hobby it's just a toy okay Okay, just watch me. Just watch me. 
just sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, come along for the ride because it's not going to be just one skid steer. It's not going to be just one skid steer. No, no, no. And it's not just going to be a skid steer and also a 304. No, 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 no. Big plans around and here. And sure, it's all bullshit. It's all in my head. But let me tell you, just four years ago, it was me and a camera. Now we employ 50 full-time people. Pretty cool. Okay. Just getting going. Just getting going. Yeah, let's tack on another just, five just, years. Just, just keep on. Just keep on telling me it's stupid. Just, just keep <laughs> on doing it. Just keep on watching. Just keep on commenting. Just, you're just helping us out. Just let her rip. Let's go. We're happy to have you. Yeah. yeah come along. <laughs> okay, everybody. Uh, if you have questions or any kind of feedback for us whatsoever, send it to dirttalkatbillwood.com. Uh, if you can, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please drop us a review. So helpful. So helpful. Yeah, so thankful for those. Very thankful for those. Share it with friends and family, whomever, whatever. Tell people about what we're doing. If you enjoy it, if you don't, then don't. Whatever. Yeah. And with that, we'll see you in the next episode of Dirt Talk. Stay dirty, everybody. Mm-hmm.